Hello and welcome to UX Soup, a podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experiences of personal devices and services in the home, in the car, or on the go. As always, UX Soup is presented by Strategy Analytics, a global consulting and research firm that provides our clients with insights, analysis, and expertise. I'm Diana Franganillo, and I am here today with my co-host, Chris Reiner. Hello. And Lisa Cooper. Hello. Hello, both. How are you doing? Peachy. <laughs> <laughs> I like, same. I like that word, peachy. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that the three of us are sitting together to do this podcast. In today's episode, we want to discuss about video streaming. Video streaming services are everywhere. Most of us subscribe to one of these services or several. I will ask you afterwards which ones do you subscribe to. But they have been in the news lately since one of the pioneers, Netflix, is now warning about a sharp deceleration on the subscriber growth. And the information reported it has lost 6.5 billion of cash in the past five years. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because of this, there have been rumors of Netflix is, is thinking about raising the price of their subscription models. But what's, what's the problem they've got? The thing is that Netflix got us all hooked into binge watching, a model that some of the rivals try to copy. But it's a model that is expensive to maintain. Many people got used to the instant gratification of binging and they are more likely to cancel the subscription if they run out of things to watch afterwards. Unless Netflix continues to span its portfolio very rapidly. Spacing out the releases may generate buzz and keep the viewers hooked. And I have to say that personally, a couple of months ago, I got a little bit tired of the existing offer within my subscriptions. And I started watching a show in a new platform that was releasing an episode per week. I have to say that personally, and let's talk about your impressions right now and your experiences, but it made me feel less addicted to something. I don't watch a lot of video streaming, but the thing is that even though it, it makes you feel more like in the old times when you were waiting for this episode to be released on Sunday or on a Thursday, and the, it creates a little bit of excitement about it. First of all, do you subscribe to any video streaming platform? Too many. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. So I know there's Discovery Plus, Netflix. What's that UK one now, TV? Of course, the BBC has streaming now with iPlayer. Then there's All4. <laughs> <laughs> the ITV has an app as well. I should oh. have asked you. You, what platforms you don't subscribe to? <laughs> I don't subscribe to because they're fr well. There's well, the, some there are that a lot are, of free ones. Yeah, there are free ones. So maybe I should start with that. There's paid ones and there's free ones. And personally, it is driving me nuts. But we can mm. go on to that when we're ready, Chris. Uh, I've been going in and out of of streaming platforms. Some of the paid ones, it's like. There was a free trial period, and so it was like I identified like three or four shows that are on that platform that I wanted to watch. I took a week over Christmas holidays that I knew I was going to be watching more TV, and I did the free trial. I got through the episodes, and then I canceled. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, and I, I'm with you and totally on this growing up, 
watching TV was a communal thing. I remember as a kid going yeah. into school or on the bus and on a you know Friday morning or whatever and going, oh, did you see that show last night? And we'd all talk about it and it was a very communal thing. Hmm. And that is very much missing now. I understand the binge element and I like the binge element too. I could sit and again if they got nothing going on and spend an afternoon watching a whole bunch of shows. There needs to be a nice balance between the two. But if Absolutely. the more that streaming services are bingeable, the more that you're going to have this churn, this just subscribing for a month and then letting it go and then waiting for a year until you get a buildup of other shows that you want to binge and then subscribe again for a month and then go. I get frustrated in that some programs are like are on one platform and then another program is on another platform and there'll be two paid platforms. So it's just very, it's so it's much, much more work. complicated than it used to be. And I, I agree. I, I miss those days where you'd have, didn't they used to have ER watch parties and things like that? And that would be in the States, but there'd yeah. be watch parties of things. And I don't know if that probably still happens with things like the Eurovision I mean but there's these programs that happen like the Brit Awards happened and I didn't really notice because what platform is it on probably on the BBC I, yeah it I, just gets lost it gets lost so much in the noise that you have because think, now we have iPlayer so you're not really watching I don't really watch live TV anymore so yeah that if you cannot attend something at the time you always know that yeah i can watch it later and many times you have many things queuing to watch them later so there's some danger in there as well and then you kind of lose interest in it it's like oh yeah i kind of wanted hmm. to see that but ah, i don't really care anymore yeah i was saying i think would the last watch party kind of show be game of thrones now what did they do differently then? It was every Sunday. It was every week. So they released mm -hmm. it cuz I didn't I never got into that program, but that was something that captured everybody. Yeah. Hmm. And was that released? So that was released periodically. It was not Yeah, it was binge. not it was not put out all at once. Yeah, I remember a couple of months ago I was like if somebody was recommending me a TV series and unless there is kind of like a few episodes to watch and I'm going to watch it because I am very impatient and I didn't want to feel like, okay, I want to watch something and not to have my episodes available. But I think now I got a little bit too saturated and now I am jumping to the other side. I want to come back to the old times. Mm -hmm. And I think this kind of like on-demand culture is affecting, for example, children a lot that they want things to happen right now. And For me, the other part of that is, so if you have a six-episode series, let's take The Crown for example, or Stranger Things. Like Stranger Things, they come out with eight episodes, they drop them all at once. Then they have to wait and see how well it does, whether and then decide if they want to do another series or not. And by then, you end up having two years between series, between seasons. Yeah. And that, you know, again, you lose that momentum, you lose that communal aspect, you lose that... Hmm. I sometimes just don't remember what happened. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they need to put a recap that is a whole episode because yes. <laughs> otherwise you get super lost. So, yeah. No, I, I understand this this thing about they need to pilot episodes, but sometimes, as you said, they get too spaced out amongst each other. So, Lisa, you were commenting that you don't have kind of like most of your preferences on the same platform. I guess that all the platforms tend to be a little bit vanilla to suit everybody. 
And that's why in the end you need to go for several, which is a good strategy of them to follow. I mean, there are some services that are specialized, for example, in less commercial movies and that might be interested to subscribe. But in, a, in any case, as well as this frustration about the things getting lost and too many choices that might be overwhelming, what positives do you see within those services and, and what opportunities for improvement? Well, now I have to think positively and that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I find that very difficult. I think it began with giving people lots of choices. I think that's how it began and, and that's good. But it's just become such a different beast. I, yeah. I, I'm struggling to find positive things about it. It just feels like we're spending way more than we used to on entertainment because of companies trying to do this and trying to capitalize on this opportunity. I, we need oh. some sort of unified platform where we can search for everything yeah that and that would be the thing the only thing i could suggest that's something that's gotten better so i have apple tv and if you go to the tv app you can search for whatever and it'll search across platforms paid and free apple and non-apple <laughs> and you know you can see oh it's this one's on three different platforms and oh i do subscribe to this one or this one's free and then oh good i can watch that so I, I, that to me has gotten better if I know what I'm searching for. Discovery is a problem, the whole fragmentation thing, because I, I don't want to subscribe to as many anymore because you know, originally Netflix had all the good shows and all the good movies. Yeah. But then as Disney said, no, we're going to do Disney Plus. So they mm -hmm. took all of their stuff off of Netflix. And in the U.S., you know, NBC said, oh, we're going to do our own streaming platform. And so they took all of their shows. That Peacock? Yeah, Peacock. Yeah. And then they, you know, as they start to lose and get outbid for other syndicated shows, mm -hmm. you know, Friends got taken off it, right? I think. Or, you know, they, they, have, they have the shows on for a certain amount of time and then they lose that. And so none of the services are compelling enough to, yeah, for me, to meet that criteria to want to subscribe on a month by month basis. So upping that price is just going to make that yeah, less likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I was going to say the same, that in terms of positives, I see the choices. And sometimes they when they gives you suggestions, sometimes they might feel a little bit odd, but sometimes the suggestions are not bad. I still prefer my friends to give me suggestions. And now you can recommend and share shows with people because years ago, I remember it was one of my frustrations. And on things that I would improve in every service, unless you have... a a TV that you can command by voice or something. I think search on the TV with a remote might be a pain yeah. if you don't have you know, this keyword that you need to be navigating with the arrow. I think it could get be better. Or I feel as well something. I mean, you said something that Netflix used to have all the good films. I it feel is. that the films are a little bit, you know, in the background. I know that we mm -hmm. all are looking for a lot of, you know, shows, series that I because you might not have that much time to watch i don't mind chunking a movie so i would like movies to be more on my face now i find them almost difficult to find you know? yeah and well another thing do you know when you start watching something and you think well that's not for me i would like to have the option to remove that from my list so the platform 
stops recommending me to watch it next. Well, like uh, with Squid Game. So <laughs> I, that's not typically a show I would watch. Watched it. But then after that, nothing but like Korean shows came up on my Netflix <laughs> recommendations. It's like the I, algorithm. I don't, I don't want to see other Korean shows. I just wanted to yeah. see Squid Game. That was good. You know, you should know my preference is Netflix. I like stupid comedies. Mindless, make me smiles. If they're listening, maybe they're taking some notes. Ideally. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you as well. Have you got any positive surprise as well? When you were not expecting anything and and then something that you watch has turned into a very positive experience. Like, yes, this is not my you know, a stereotypical type of show that I would watch, but then I watch it and I'm feeling quite surprised about it or or the other way around. So for me, normally if there's a trend, I won't <laughs> on principle watch it <laughs> or do it. It's like uh, right now everybody's doing Wordle. I just know. <laughs> Because everybody's doing it, I will not do it. <laughs> I'm a little bit like that as well. Yes, it's like, oh. Because you, you get so, so, you know, everybody's posting about something that in the end you just feel like fed up of seeing, yes, like I'm tired um, of seeing Facebook it. feeds only with words. <laughs> I know. However, the Squid Game, I did get curious about that. I did watch it and I stuck with it and I was glad I watched it. So it has happened, but it's rare um, when that happens. Sometimes the recommendations I'll check out and they can work out. But normally it's recommendations from friends. And I think that's really powerful, actually. Obviously, given all of the fragmentation, ultimately the power is within word of mouth because how a Squid Game wouldn't have happened if it hadn't have been for people mm-hmm. watching that and telling their friends to watch it and talking about it. I mean, it's it's shocking that even happened nowadays, given all of the choices. And the same with Game of Thrones. I mean, I think that was just something people talked about. Yeah. I mean, unless that came from the algorithms recommending it to people because it's what's trending. You know, Netflix will have what's trending. Perhaps that's what did it. It's just very powerful, the voice of of the user. Any nice surprise for you, Um, Chris? I wouldn't say that... For me, I wouldn't say it was a surprise, but I, I want to go back to that communal element of it. The most positive thing I've had, I think, with streaming is we would have a family watch night. And it could be any night when we were all free, because that's the nice thing about on demand. And so we would watch Ghost Adventures because it's a fun little show. No matter what you think about uh, paranormal and all of that, it's entertaining the show had been going on for a long time and people in the show have these kind of characteristics. And so uh, as a family, we made bingo, Ghost Adventures bingo. So we would get the Ghost Adventures bingo cards out. We would make popcorn and sit and watch a (laughs) a Ghost Adventures show and play a game. And that was just a great communal bonding thing. That is something that I miss from the older days of, you know, appointment television. Yeah. Communal things are great. I think with pandemic is one of the things I miss out the most. I was talking to my friends um, a few months ago and I said, I just miss to have the ability to do normal things. Like when you were watching a movie together at somebody's home or something. Mm -hmm. 
just like not a special thing. It's just the normal stuff that you can share. And I remember using these platforms that you can use to watch a movie at the same time in different places in the world. So I remember using that during the lockdowns as well. And I think it's great. There is one show that surprised me, actually, just mm-hmm. as I'm listening and thinking about it. I, we were just looking at things to watch. And this is something I never normally watch. But I thought, oh, I want to learn a bit more about history. And there was a documentary series on World War II where they'd colorized all of the film that they'd ca- they captured. And they sort of taught you the history as well as you got to watch this film in color which is a very different experience to watching in black and white. And me and my daughter binged the entire <laughs> series of it, <laughs> watching about World War Two. <laughs> it was really interesting. We learned a lot. So that's the exploration piece that yeah. you definitely need. It wasn't recommended. It was just an exploration. <laughs> but a nice surprise. That's great. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't think that I was going to be as interested on England's history as, you know, when you watch The Crown and they feature some episodes of history that happened many years ago. You feel that you are learning something and when it becomes kind of like closer to the present, it becomes more relevant to you as well. So either way, you get a little bit hooked and interested. Okay, so I think we have chatted for quite a while. So it's time to move on to condensed soup. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, what has been your favorite show so far? Don't be embarrassed, even if it's a hard <laughs> a confession hard to make. <laughs> Just go for it. And the one most disappointing as well. The one, well, I'm going to actually have a theme with this one. Um, <laughs> the, the one that was most disappointing for me was actually Squid Game because I really did not like the ending. It just left a really bad taste in my mouth. So I enjoyed the binging experience, but the show itself, the end of it, I was just like, I felt just really let down. The positive one, I mean, I already talked about Ghost Adventures Bingo, so that that probably is the most positive. But one of the other ones that I wouldn't have watched otherwise, that I wouldn't have come across ever, was another Korean show about baseball and I'm a big baseball fan and uh, this show called hot stove league. I used to, before the pandemic, I've been to Korea several times and I've been to Korean baseball games several times and I love the atmosphere. I love going there when I used to get to go there quite often. And so that show was really nice for me because it got to bring that baseball aspect to it. It reminded me of what it was like to go to Korea <laughs> and be there and, and be in that atmosphere. And so I really, I really enjoyed that. I didn't know that baseball was big in Korea. Oh, yes. Korea, Japan, very, very big. Yeah, it's a surprise. And a great atmosphere, too. Like, everybody would go. Like, it's in America, it's a very old person's <laughs> sport oh, okay. to watch. But over in Korea, the crowds are young. It's like 50-50 in terms of men and women going to the games. It's mm-hmm. a more of a, a joyous, chanty atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I have learned something new today. Yeah. What um, about you, Lisa? I have, maybe I have too much spare time. There's lots of, 
<laughs> TV I get excited about <laughs> that I stream. I'm, let's see. So for BBC iPlay, I really love Ghosts. I thought that was fun. I really enjoyed that. I think Netflix, it would be Stranger Things. I believe that's on Netflix. Yep. I think my favorite and one I'm disappointed with, there's two actually. I am a big fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, Mm -hmm. and that's been fun for me, but I'm getting a little disappointed in it over time as it's, I don't know, maybe they need to change their formula or something. There's just various aspects to it that I won't bore you with now that I'm getting disappointed with. And I also watch Ghost Adventures, and I'm getting disappointed because they are not releasing new episodes as huge huge stretches of time between episode releases and instead they're releasing other things that kind of related but aren't the actual investigations and that's another thing that I get disappointed in sometimes with streaming shows things like Sherlock Holmes is another series that I mean there'll be like two three years between series and it's an excellent show or The Crown I mean we've been waiting a long time for that That's another good one. These long waits. So that's me. Well, I'm going to make a confession here. So I have one favorite. I don't remember in which platform I watched it, but there's a TV series called The Newsroom. And and I think it's the best I have ever watched. And then it just disappeared from the platform. I have the impression that now it's on HBO, which now I have. So I think... Just thinking about the question for condensed soup. So it made me think, yeah, I'm going to watch it again because it's been a few years. There is another show that this is this is a real confession, really embarrassing, that I I remember seeing one of my friends posting on Facebook, one of my friends in the UK, maybe last year, that she has binge a whole season of Selling Sunset. I haven't you know, seen she, that. What's that? Selling Sunset? Well, basically... I was like, I was curious like you. And then I said, okay, I'm going to watch an episode to see why, why this is so good. And then basically, Selling Sunset is a reality about gorgeous women selling very expensive properties in, you know, Sunset area, oh. you know. Uh, and the thing is that I watched an episode and I was thinking, how can I be watching this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I watched the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> And you think, why am I watching other people to live their lives and why I'm watching kind of like expensive properties that I will never be able to afford? So, yeah, that was unbelievable. But, yeah, that's my confession. Now you need to go and look for it and watch it. Maybe someone tell me what. (laughs) I watch way too much TV. (laughs) And my biggest disappointment, I think it has been Money Haste because I remember when I watched the first season, I quite liked it. I quite like the fact that it was, you know, based in Madrid. I quite like the aesthetics of the TV series and and it was different. And, you know, they were providing another view of the villain, you know. Mm. So I quite like it. Then I watched the second one. And then at some point, you know, I think it was the penultimate season, you know. That's Everybody was so excited. And at some point I just watched an episode and I find it so boring all the time, reminiscing the past and everything that I couldn't finish the TV series. So, yeah. And everybody was like, what? I know it was a little bit, you know, slower, but I just watched it to see how it finished. And at some point it's like, okay, 
you finish it and tell me about it. <laughs> I'm gonna sit in front of the TV of the TV to watch this. Anyway, you guys gave me a couple of ideas to go and look for my <laughs> <laughs> platform. I hope not to not to get too hooked into them. If you would like to chat more about the user experience of video streaming platforms or to send us any questions you might have, you can email us at uxsoup, all one word, at strategyanalytics.com. The show notes on our podcast website, ux-soup.com, has links to our recent research. There, you can also connect with each of us on LinkedIn. A reminder that UXSoup is sponsored as always by Strategy Analytics. Check out the latest user-focused insights by visiting strategyanalytics.com. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now. <laughs>